Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Welcome back to another episode of Shock Your Potential. And this uh, time, my guest is going to talk about something we all find very valuable, literally and figuratively, and that's about money. (laughs) So Carl Allen is my guest today, and he is an entrepreneur, an investor, a corporate deal maker with three decades of experience buying and selling businesses. And uh, this is what I think is really fun. He's enabled over 300 deals, done 47 billion in deals over the last 27 years. Now, uh, I can't say that I've done deals of that magnitude. I have been able to help uh, broker some pretty big uh, deals for companies that I used to work for, but I'm really excited to uh, learn from him today. So thank you, Carl, for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You bet. And I know that we're going to talk about your company, which is Deal Dealmaker Wealth Society. So I'm very excited about that. But, you know, I just do a little bit of intro because I think intros are best done by the people themselves. So tell us a little bit about you and your business. Great. So I've had a I've had a pretty interesting 28 years um, of, of doing this. So I've been a dealmaker all of my professional career. I started in 1992. So I went to work for a Wall Street investment bank doing mergers and acquisitions. So I was buying and selling, you know, pretty large businesses, some in in the in the billion dollar range for the likes of IBM and GE and Boeing and Microsoft and those guys. And then um, I kind of left that world, did an MBA at the University of Chicago, and then after a brief stint in private equity. Uh, I ended up doing corporate deals. So I work for Hewlett Packard for HP and I was buying and selling businesses, you know, for HP. Some of them were huge. It was a great period of my life, you know, working inside of a business, a large business and really understanding, you know, how they, how and why they buy companies, looking at the, you know, the culture they look for and how they integrate was was just so valuable. And, and, and I thought this is the greatest job in the world but my life completely changed inside of about five hours back on the 1st of February, 2008. So I, I, from 92 to 2008, I'd spent all my time um, really as a, as a corporate slave, um, if I'm being a little bit hard on myself, working for other people, making them billions of dollars. Although you know, I, I'd done very well financially, I'd saved a lot of my money. But then in 2008, 1st of February, I'm in Moscow 
So I'm in Moscow in Russia and I'm in a boardroom with HP and we're closing this deal it's like the final day. And uh, my wife calls me and I'm in the middle of a pitch and, and my phone is ringing and ringing and ringing. It's my wife. So I answer the phone. I'm like, hey, honey, I can't talk right now. I'm like literally right in the middle of this thing. She said, I don't care what you're doing. You need to get home right now because I've gone into labor four weeks early and our oh. baby boy is about to come out. So mm. I literally, I ran out of the boardroom. Luckily, I had my passport, my wallet and my phone. I left my luggage and my computers and everything there. It's probably still there. I've never been back. I ran out of the boardroom, wiped down a cab. I got to the airport. I flew home on the first flight. I had a police escort from the UK airport to the hospital, and I got there literally five minutes before my, my son was born. So my son came out, Josh, and I'm crediting, and he was tiny because he was four weeks oh. early. He was still cooking in the oven, so to speak. I'm cradling this little guy in my arms, and something just triggered in my head, and I said, you know what? I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I, I'd really neglected, um, you know, my my wife over the the eight months. I, I'd been flying all over the world doing deals, uh, mm. and I thought my family needs me now. So I called my boss and I quit. I walked away from a million dollars of bonuses and stock options, but I didn't care. My family were were what were really important to me. So I decided to retire. And I was 37. I thought, I got enough money. I can retire, live a great life, play golf, look after my son. And that lasted I know about... How this, I know where this story is going. <laughs> that lasted about three weeks. And, and after about three weeks, I was ready to kill somebody. I, I just, mm -hmm. I got from like a hundred mile an hour Wall Street guy to nothing. And, and I couldn't deal with that. It wasn't about money. I, I I still felt I had a purpose and I, I wanted to give back. So I sat down with my wife one night and I said to her, you know, what am I gonna do? She said, well, you're one of the best people in the world at buying and selling businesses. She said, but it's your only skill set. You're a one trick pony. That's all you can do. And I thought, well, okay, I don't wanna have a job. I don't wanna work for anybody else. I'm give it gonna to your wife to, to give it to you on with yeah. without any rose colored glasses. <laughs> I, well, that's, that's, that's my wife. She's like that, and I need that in my life. So I decided to become a business broker. So I've been buying and selling billion dollar companies. Uh, I thought I'll buy and sell one to ten million dollar companies. I'll, I'll be a business broker. Uh, but the funny thing is, the first business I found to sell, um, I ended up actually acquiring it. So I I knew the sellers. They didn't, it was a transport company and I, I'd never worked in that industry, but I knew how the business worked and it had a great management team, but I knew the sellers of the business. They were two brothers that were retiring. They didn't want to sell to a larger company who were going to destroy the business. They were going to let the employees go, change the name, asset strip, all that nasty stuff. So I turned around and said, I said, look, I'll, I'll buy the business. I can raise some money. I said, I ain't going to put any of my own money into this deal. I can raise the capital because you've got a really solid balance sheet. You've got great cash flows. It's a 30-year-old business. It's a great company. Uh, I can raise some money. I'll pay you so much down as a closing payment. And then let's do a three-year profit split. So you'll get money as well. And the more, you know, the better we do, the more money you'll make. And, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll, I'll include the management team as part of the ownership. I'll give them free shares and then we'll run it together. So that's my first deal. Um, 
that was back in late 2008. And I've bought and sold lots and lots of businesses uh, since then. And I, I'm still doing that. I'm a, uh, I'm a partner in a private equity firm on the East Coast of the US called Prox Capital Group. So we're buying and growing our own portfolio of businesses. And then, uh, so that's, that's what I do for half of my time. What I do for the other half of my time, and this is what really excites me, and this is why this is my true calling in life. I I coach and mentor over five thousand entrepreneurs all over the world to do what I do: how to buy profitable small businesses using other people's money. That so that that's my that's my skill set. That's what I refine first as a Wall Street guy, then as a Main Street guy. And because there's millions of small businesses for sale today, and mm -hmm. a lot of them are owned by retiring baby boomers and other entrepreneurs that don't want to sell necessarily for the highest amount of money to the guys that will destroy their legacy and their life's work, they're prepared to entertain creative deals with people like us that they can get to really know, like, and trust. So that's the formula that I teach. It's how to find these deals, how to build world-class relationships with these sellers, and then how to structure and negotiate a deal where you don't necessarily have to invest any of your own money. You can invest some of your own money if you want to, but in a lot of cases, you, you don't have to. There's, there's ways that you can get around that. So, um, so that's what I do. Uh, I'm also massively into personal development and mental toughness. Uh, I'm doing something really interesting right now called 75 Hard, uh, and I'm 54 days into that. More arguably what? the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, but I'm loving it. I've dropped 30 pounds in weight. I feel wow. like I weigh the same. I'm 50 this year, but I weigh the same amount now that I did when I was 25. So I weigh under 180 pounds. Uh, I've got so much more energy and focus and toughness in myself um, mm -hmm. by doing that. Uh, massively into charity, and I'm I'm a big uh, big family man. Um, obviously, I've got my own children, um, and my my wife has a daughter from um, from her first marriage. Uh, I've been her father really for 15 years, um, and um, she's having a baby shortly. So I'll be a oh. grand. I'll be a grandpa. Uh, I'll have mm. a little baby granddaughter in my life, uh, and that's why I'm doing this this 75 hard challenge to be in, in in a physical state where you know I can live for another 30 plus years uh, and be super healthy and watch mm. my grandchildren kind of grow up and and live phenomenal lives. So so that's me. That's 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 who I am, and that's what I do. I love it. Um... So many things I, I just made note of as you were talking, and, and one of the first things is I, I have this funny story when my dad, uh, my dad owned a gas station, and so all growing up he worked six days a week from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and so finally you know my parents talked through it and he sold the gas station, and you know he was so excited to be home and you know my mom was excited to have him around until he'd been home I don't know maybe maybe three four months. And I'll never forget, I was coming upstairs from where my room was in the basement. They didn't hear me. And my dad, you know, I'd been watching him. He was like constantly around my mom, like, what can I help you with? What are you doing? You're going to go to the store? I'll go to the store with you. What are you doing next? What do you need? And a light bulb change. And I remember I came up the stairs and I heard my mom say, Dom, 
I love you very much. But if you don't go get another job, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> I remember I just turned around, walked back downstairs, and I thought, I'm going to let them have this moment. And sure enough, my dad, you know, he, he got another kind of part-time job and another part-time job, and then they bought a business. And uh, it was really funny because then after they bought the business and ran it for a couple of years, my mom's like, you need to sell this. We need to spend more time together. And I started laughing again. I go, Mom. I'm just going to remind you what you said to dad first. And she goes, I never said that. I'm like, you totally did. <laughs> I can draw so many parallels to that wonderful story. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, like pre-COVID, my my wife was saying, hey, you know, we don't see enough of you. You're backfiring all over the world again. And now I've just spent six months with my family every single yeah. day. My, my wife's now saying to me, so what, yeah, when are they opening up the US again? You should go back there if you can. Like. <laughs> I know, you know, I love spending time with my husband too, but he just went back to help his family close his lake place over our Labor Day weekend. And yeah. I had like three full days where I hardly got out of my pajamas. I watched Hallmark romance movies all weekend. It was wonderful. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, um, you know, I also want to hit on the fact that, you know, for several years, I was involved with uh, companies that were buying up other companies and specifically within the hearing aid industry. And what we were doing is doing the same thing, buying small businesses that, you know, they were ready to retire. And it was, you know, I was usually there were some big deals that I was in on uh, early on in the millions. Um, and then others that I, I inherited because I ran the sales division afterward. And, you know, we were incorporating them. And I knew, I know it was hard because there were a lot of things we were changing and there were people we let go. And, and you know, so I was seen as the big bad wolf a lot of times. Yeah. But I remember having a conversation with one person and I said, you know, I know this is not going to sound well, but you chose to sell your business and you knew what this was going to, you knew what we were pulling you into. And I know that you don't want, you know, Sally to be let go. You know, let's just use Sally as an, uh, you know, example. And I said, but you've never evaluated Sally as, as a, a different individual for your business. You just like Sally. She's been with you forever. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Sally has been embezzling from you. <laughs> and I remember she's like, what? And I said, and Sally has to go. And we have to do that to save the company. We have to save this. But you know, the question is whether or not we're going to prosecute Sally. Yeah. And I got these big wide eyes and I said, you know, your business could have been better along the way. And I understand, but you're emotionally, you're going to have to come through with this because you've already sold. So the question is, do you want to stay and watch it change? And I'm sorry that it is, but that is what we were doing. And it was a hard, you know, there were a lot of balances for me about understanding that. But I also know that, you know, it's a, a very emotional process to sell a business and and sometimes it's a very emotional process to buy a business. So I think there's a lot of pieces in there you're probably helping people work through besides just the financial part of it. It's so interesting that that you say that and 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 you're so correct. When when you're when when you're a Wall Street guy like I used to be and you're buying and selling 100 million billion dollar companies then they they become really processes of financial engineering. When you come down to Main Street and you're buying one to five or one to ten million dollar deals. It's it's more about the psychology than it is about the numbers. The numbers are important, obviously. Yes. But you know, when you think about it, when when you look, you know, take a baby boomer that's I don't know, 60 years of age, and 
they, they started a business 30 years ago and they've been running that business a bit like your father six days a week 12 hours a day they've spent more time in their business in that time than they have with their own family it's like their mm -hmm. children and they need to they need to give it up because they want to retire or they might be in ill health or they're just bored or frustrated or burnt out so they come to the realization that yeah i, I need to sell this business but it, it's not about in a lot of cases just selling to the highest bidder um right. you can have two businesses that are completely identical the same revenue same balance sheet same earnings they they can be in the same town doing exactly the same thing and if one's owned by a 40 year old entrepreneur having a lot of fun it's a great lifestyle the other one's owned by a 60 year old baby boomer that's really kind of beaten down and needs to needs to sell those deals are gonna look like night and day like oh, night yeah. and that the, the motivation of the seller to want to leave the business is one of the most important things i look for when i'm vetting deals and uh, the higher the motivation to sell and the higher the level of relationship and credibility and trust that as a buyer you build with that seller what you tend to find is in most cases not all but in most cases you can put more of the money of the deal into the future and mm -hmm. that's seller financing okay. um, the sba have changed a lot about how deals are structured these days because the, the sba have just turned around and said hey you know we, we got a trillion dollars for people that want to do deals uh we'll lend you up to 90 percent of the purchase price if you've got reasonable credit and you know the industry and you want to go in and run that business and the seller's going to leave um you know if, if the business is worth a million dollars we'll 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 give you up to nine hundred thousand dollars of it and, and that's been a game changer um, yeah really has been a game changer but but sadly most people just don't know how to navigate and use you know that type of, of financing and and that kind of brings me back to why i do what i do it's because um you know most people even people that are really educated they they don't know how to buy businesses they don't know how the process works they, they don't understand it legally financially they don't understand how to build relationships and, and, and get all those, those things done. And, and the market data backs that up. There's, there's 2.44 million small businesses for sale today, right now in the US. And wow. only, only one in 11 will sell within the next 12 months. And there are lots of reasons for that, but the biggest one is there's a huge shortage of qualified buyers that have access to the capital they need to be able to buy those businesses. And, and most people, if you stop most people in the street and, and, and you ask them, you know, what would they need to do to buy a million dollar business? They would all think you have to rock up to the closing table with a million dollar check from your own bank account. And you <laughs> obviously you can do that, but that's not how Wall Street works. And what I've done is take that principle and apply it to, you know, main street businesses, one to $10 million deals, more in the kind of one to five uh, million dollars. Um, so, so that's what, um, so that's what I'm, that, that's what I teach. And that's, that, that's why I'm a coach. And then what I've realized over the past three or four years, and I've, I've been teaching this stuff for about five years now, and uh you know thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs and what i what i figured out about two years ago 
is uh, there were a bunch of people that were closing deals and you know really killing it and blazing a trail, and then a bunch of people that weren't. And I, I was really fascinated. You know, why is that? What's the difference that makes the difference? Mm-hmm. And what I figured out was the people that were closing deals versus the people that weren't. It all came down to mindset and mental toughness. So mm. I decided to go on my own personal development journey. So I did a lot of work with Tony Robbins, uh, did a lot of work in NLP, did a lot of work just on, on, on mental resilience, mental toughness and endurance. And then I apply now apply all that stuff into my training. Um, so it's not just giving people the skills and tools that they need to do what I do. It's giving them the bulletproof mindset to do it as well and, and a lot of that really comes down to their their purpose and their why and and i say this to people michael and people think i'm crazy i say to people <laughs> nobody wants to buy a business no, nobody wants to own a business nobody no. what we want as human beings are what are the deep emotional benefits that we can receive when we are a business owner and for some people mm-hmm. that's wealth creation or cash flow for other people, it's freedom and work-life balance or legacy. For mm-hmm. people, it's pride, it's ego, it's it's assurance. I'm mentoring a bunch of people in my group right now that all got furloughed um, through COVID-19 mm-hmm. and don't want to ever be in that situation again where they're dependent on you know, what's going on with, with their own company they work for. Now they want to be in control. They want to they don't want to be an employee. They want to be an employer and, and be yeah. in that all point. So it's interesting too. Um, you know, so this is, uh, you know, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur, so I've done this many times and right now I'm running two businesses, but even prior to COVID, I was really, you know, prior to COVID 95% of my business income in shock your potential came from me getting on an airplane to go speak and train. And obviously that changed. Um, and the virtual world has changed. It's really interesting to me uh, how people value still your time and expertise uh, differently virtually versus in person. There's this kind of mindset of, well, you know, you're not coming here. So what do you mean you want to be paid for this? So it's been really interesting. And um, somewhere along the line of, you know, April or May, um, when I was transitioning, because I I have a, an app now, so I deliver a lot of my training via my app. So that is what I'm building up to be, you know, be more of a, a stable income to not worry about whether I have to get on an airplane. But one day I woke up and I realized I am trying to create a legacy here, a legacy business. I would, you know, I, I hadn't really thought of it before. So, so much of it was just the pleasure that I get from speaking and training and, you know, writing more books. Um, but there was really a sense of, wow, I'm really trying to build something that outlasts me. And yeah. I'd never really thought of that before, which is really interesting. And um, and I think that that's where, you know, I always talk a lot of, well, I talk about shock your potential. And so what you're talking about is helping people understand that you can take your potential to a level that you never knew possible. You better know I mean, why you're doing it first and then find a method that will get you there. Yeah, and I think the why is so critical because um, no matter what you do in life, there are periods where it gets tough. And if you have a real defined purpose as as to why you're doing it, it gives you that fuel and that leverage, you know, just to keep pushing and keep following through. It it really upsets me that so many people quit 
when they're so close because yes. they just don't have that fuel and hunger to keep going. Um, because, you know, we, we, we don't do things for the sake of doing things. We, we, we do things because there'll be meanings that we attach to them once they're done. And, and it's yes. all about locking that in. And once you do that, it's a game changer. Yeah. Well, Carl, when you, uh, when you look back on all these lessons that you've learned, you know, what's the most important lesson you learned along the way that helped you to shock your potential? Yeah. So that's very simple, but very controversial. I'll tell you what it is. My, my biggest piece of advice to any entrepreneur is don't ever start a business. Go and buy a business instead that somebody else has built that's making money that they don't want to own anymore. And, and the market statistics are devastating. Nearly 7 million Americans started a brand new business in 2019, and 96% of them will fail inside of 10 years 50 percent will fail inside of the first year and that's because it's it's no surprise they, they have no customers when they start no cash no credit no employees no equipment so it's really hard whereas if you go and buy a business in a sector that you love and you understand it's got all of those things that you need that you don't have when you reinvent the wheel and start from scratch. So that that's the biggest lesson I've learned in my life. Uh, and that's the biggest single piece of advice I give to anyone that asks me. It's really true. I mean, this is, you know, most businesses you start, you know, really turning a profit, if you're lucky, still on year four. And this is year four. You know, so 2020 was year four for my business. Had a great great lineup um, of speaking gigs all over the world and yeah. to have them gone it really was a great reminder to me and luckily we can weather the storm yeah. um, but not everybody can and yeah. and the the sense is now is I, I want to kick myself and say why didn't I have more things in place to to uh, to buffer for things like this or to you know I mean not thinking of a pandemic but even thinking what if I broke my leg and I couldn't get on an airplane to go somewhere you know what are the things you can do to bulletproof your business as much as possible and that's I think that's a really great point is starting out is great you may ha have a lot of ideals but uh, in fact I just interviewed somebody for my um, this is what I call uh, the side hustle room in my app where I interview entrepreneurs about why they started businesses and what they're trying to do and a gal who uh, left a really great career to start to to buy a convections company so she now makes marshmallows <laughs> like these gourmet marshmallows she goes I had no idea but it seemed like a great business that was a great profitable margin we've acquired other businesses we've we've really yeah. expanded and I thought that's really smart I, you know I mean that that takes a lot of guts to do that as well yes so if you could go back in time to any time and talk to the younger Carl and tell him anything that would have shocked his potential farther or faster or kept him on the same track, what yeah. what age would you go back to Carl and what would you tell him? So I'd go back to Carl probably 25 years ago. And and I, I talk, talking about this 25 years because I'm doing this 75 hard challenge at the moment and I now weigh the exact same as I did when I was 25. I, I've dropped way over 30 pounds in the past six weeks so i'm down to below 180 and i think i'm thinking a lot about what was i like in in you know in 1994 1995 and what one of the biggest pieces of advice that i would give uh the carl 25 years ago is is really you know find out what your purpose is you know what is your why 
because I didn't really have a why until 2008. Mm. You know, I was just chasing, chasing the dollar, uh, making money, doing deals, and I had no purpose. Um, I had no mission. And, and it was, you know, through what happened to me and my family in 2008, my mission was then to still make money to support my family, but do it in a way where I could support them and be around them all the time. Um, and what I see so much in this world is people just, just walking around without that clear direction. They don't have that purpose. They don't have that why. Uh, they don't have that burning heart to really take action and, and, and really follow through. And um, that's the biggest piece of advice I would have given to myself. And I, who knows, I, I'm a very accomplished, successful businessman, but if I'd have known this stuff 25 years ago, um, who knows where, where I'd be beyond where I am now. Uh, but I'm very grateful for what I have in my life. I've, you know, life's about adventures and, and they, you know, they make you who you are and whatever doesn't break you makes you a lot stronger. And I've, I've had my first share of tragedy in my life as well. Uh, and I'm a very, very happy person. Uh, but yeah, if I could go back to my 25 year old self, I'd, I'd have him really dial in what's that passion and purpose. I it's fun it. because with the, the guests that I have, I always ask that question and, you know, the answers all vary. And one day um, my uh, brother, one of my brother-in-laws, um, you know, was talking about, you know, work and he was really stressed out and he was much like you had was just giving everything to himself to work. And I said, I want you to listen to this podcast episode that I had with a gentleman who he and his wife in their uh, mid to late thirties said, you know what, we, we are, and they were both very successful, big sales positions. They're like, there's something really missing. So they took what they described as a mid career retirement and quit their jobs and got backpacks and went and traveled the world for three full years. And, you know, that opened up new adventures to them, all new excitement. So my brother-in-law listened to that and I didn't expect him to do this. Next thing I know, he's already quit, you know, and uh, then he's deciding, you know, does he want to help, you know, a buddy uh, with his business? And, you know, and he took, he took six months before somebody, you know, finally said, hey, we really need you. And, and he got kind of pulled back into the world, but now he knows his boundaries and he knows yeah. what's important and yeah. he knows what is vital instead of just continuing to go on because you feel like you have to. And I think that's interesting what you're doing here because it's really helping people to look through a different lens at yeah. how they can control their future. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, I know we will have all of your contact information on our show notes, but in case anybody wants to find you right now, what's the best way for them to look you up? So I've put together a little bit of free training actually. So for anyone that's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, this is interesting. I'm a little bit curious about going and acquiring a business uh, using other people's money. So obviously we have a whole portfolio of, of coaching and mentoring systems that we sell, but for the people that are curious, we, we've put together a little bit of free training. So, um, and, and we've done this specially for your audience. So if they go to trainwithcarl.com forward slash shock, so that's trainwithcarl.com forward slash shock, uh, they can access that free training. It will give them a, a really good overview of what it really takes to be a deal maker, how the process works. People have actually been through that free training and closed deals, believe it or not. So it, nice. it, it's a valuable piece of training 
um, that's completely complementary. And for people that require additional help after going through that, then there's lots of options at the end to, um, you know, to subscribe to some of our programs. But um, yeah, so trainwithcarl.com forward slash shock. Wonderful. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, and I think this kind of distills everything that we're talking about. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll quote the late Steve Jobs, who huge, you know, personal mentor of mine that I've always looked up to, never sadly met him. But he did a commencement speech once at Stanford University, and he said something really compelling. He said, live the absolute best life that you can live with your passion because you only get one life. So if you're in a, a job that you hate or you're not doing something that's truly lighting you up in your life, change it. Go and do something else. Go and buy a business or, or go and start a business if you want to, even though I, I, I don't recommend that. It's risky. <laughs> go do something that you will absolutely love and, and will light you up for the rest of your life uh, and build a legacy that, that's going to live uh, beyond you. Um, you know, that's uh, those are my closing words. I love it. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Carl. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.